0: Baby girl, won't you come and hold my hand?
1: Won't you come and chill out with the Virgo? Hey girl, just come and hold my hand.
0: Won't you come and just chill Aquarius. with the Virgo? Sippin' on Merlot, you ain't gotta be my girl, though. I drop you off at Willoughby and Merlot. Smash with the Virgo, ain't got to take a shirt off. You seem to convince your homegirl. Aquarius. Aquarius.
2: like to do little icebreakers to kind of get the love it this is flowing this is this is just a little silly question what song describes your life right now <laughs> okay um, okay hold on hold on hold on oh okay, mm-hmm. wait need, i need to look at my yeah, yeah. same <laughs> okay I'm the first. the song that describes my life right now is definitely um Ooh, okay i thought i had one okay i'm just gonna say the one that first one that comes to mind because i love it so much pick up your feelings jasmine sullivan yes! <laughs> okay yeah okay don't leave
1: don't leave no pieces, don't afraid afraid. Leave no <laughs>
2: pieces. Okay. This
0: first.
1: <laughs> yes
2: Oh my gosh. That's a good one. That's a that good does. one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, speaking to me and my people. You know what I mean? So I feel that one. <laughs> right. Let me right.
0: Say, um dang. That was it.
2: But that was
3: a really good one.
2: Oh my What's okay. your most recently played? I'm sure that there's... Right? Not-
1: I'm like, where at? I'm like, what yeah, what did I play? <laughs>
2: Literally, last night I listened to Jasmine Sullivan's album
0: again. I, yeah. Right,
1: I have been listening <laughs> to that.
0: And I don't know. I I don't know if her. So her "Damage" that's like yes, that, that was that was one. Of them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that kind of describes my life, like
2: yeah. right
0: now at this moment. Her? Are you yeah. talking about her? Damage, her yeah.
2: "Damage"? Yep, that's a good one, and it's a good sample too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: go with that. I'm gonna go with that one. Pick up your feelings is number one, but
1: I'll take. I'll um, go with her. Damage. Honestly, like because I really can't think too deep about anything right now, and everything's just been like planning the tea party. That's really all I'm like thinking about at this time. So, like, I think that that song, that's a vibe, you know, with like Ty up all that, just because everything that I'm shopping for and looking for, I'm like, okay, that'll work. That'll do, you know? Like, that's gonna, like, help me, you know, achieve my one big vision, but that's all I got for y'all. Yeah,
2: that's, that's a like- vibe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? 2 chains, a.k.a. Titty Boy.
2: Right. Only real ones no Titty Boy. I'm so stuck. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm so just to I'm like um, yeah, I'm very skeptical to share.
4: Right, I'm like, oh my god, what could it be? I was a, the first thing that popped into my head. So I'm like a huge Disney person, uh, primarily the villain songs. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the first thing that popped into my head was "Poor Unfortunate Souls" by <laughs> Ursula, of course, but. I'm going to Shana and be like, the role by Michelle Montano is like what I listen to though every day. So it like lifts me up. It makes me feel like I'm in the sun. I'm in the water. So it's not where I'm at necessarily right now, but it's definitely where I always want to be. Yes. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> I've heard that
0: one. Might be on the Jamaica playlist. I was like, I'm going a- right? to send
1: it. Come on, positivity. Right. I need
0: called. to look it up. I I the
4: just say why. What did you What's say
0: it called? The Road. The Road.
4: I'm going mm-hmm. to send it to y'all in the
0: chat. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
4: Michelle Montana.
2: It, it, like, it's already on my YouTube
4: when I pop it pop it up. <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> nice. nice. Okay. All right,
2: Beverly, bring it
3: on in. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm thinking... I'm in my feelings, so... You know um, that song by Aden Kule Gold, something different. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me play it. Can I play it? Yeah, play it. All right. It's so it's so bubbling my feelings right now. So this is (laughs) (laughs) hard (laughs) to (laughs) describe. You're like, Sydney's like, pick up your feelings. I'm like, "Mm."
1: (laughs) no, I'm gonna leave all my feelings right here. Right here. Here's my. Have you heard it? Yeah.
2: I haven't heard this. So good. I'm going to listen it.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. Put that
2: in we the chat something. too. Huh? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, it's put so that good. in the chat too. It's so good. That's definitely That's definitely a feelings <laughs> song. <laughs> As a Cancer, I support yeah, every girl
4: being in their feelings. Yeah, girl. Right.
1: Um, let me okay.
3: tell you the artist name.
0: I thought Sarah was going to give us some Doja Cat, but okay.
1: Ooh.
0: <laughs> Why would I give you a Doja I have mean, had like her music, on. but... You put me on to... Uh, I didn't know. I wasn't hit yet. Wasn't...
1: Every time I play the Feeling Myself playlist on spot Spotify, <laughs> the first song that comes up is... Is that my Betsy in a Tessie? Like, <laughs> I love that part. That is literally my favorite part. And Kathy um, is trying to get a Tesla. So I was like, can you, like, hurry up so I can say? good? <laughs>
2: is that <my> like <laughs> <Betsy>. that? <Betsy. laughs> <laughs> Dana, you know, Clark's, I don't know if you know this, but Clark's grandma just bought a Tessie. So I was like, when you pick me up at the airport, can you pick me up in the Tessie so I can video? <laughs> <laughs> and record right Can I and be like <laughs> is that why that's in a test okay right like, <laughs> so,
1: so before we before we start let's go around the room and introduce ourselves and you know share your sun sign as well for the people
3: okay so i'm everly really, i'm currently in my final year of my uh, clinical PsyD program. Um, it's a doctoral program for clinical psychology. I am really focused on trauma in my work. I work with children. I work a lot across a lifespan, so I, but I primarily work with children and adolescents and transitional age youth, young adults, college age. Um, I really, uh, in my work, something that's salient across the board is like affirming racial trauma affirming bipocs you know talking about how um racism intersects with mental health talking about you know emotional wellness mindfulness um well-being um positive psychology things like that mindfulness so
0: yeah
3: nice to be here with y'all me thank you let me go yeah mm-hmm.
0: i'm tiffany um, my sun sign is taurus I'm a social worker, Um, I'm six years post-grad and right now studying for my clinical test. Uh, I would say right now I'm working in medical social work, quote unquote, Um, but I've worked in the shelters, I've worked at the hospital and psychiatry. Um, And so yeah, just trying to figure out which area I've done psychotherapy, really trying to figure out where my lane is and it might not even be in one of these settings, but figuring it out. i hear that girl this is the season yeah love
3: it
4: Mm -hmm. uh i'm sarah so i've worked i want to say historically that's really i'm not that old but it's like so i've worked uh primarily with young people um in like youth leadership and then i got into healthy relationships and intimate partner violence slash dating abuse working with young people um, and now I, I'm still in the gender-based violence world, but my focus professionally is shifting towards um, like people with disabilities um, and like language access just because I really wanna know like all of the intersections of where healthy relationships slash intimate partner violence is. Um, and so I am all over the place and, but technically I'm all over within gender-based violence.
2: And what's your sun sign?
4: Oh, cancer.
2: cancer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's your, your, your rising,
3: right? The July one.
0: <laughs> okay,
2: July, July cancer. <laughs> well, thank you all again for being here. Um, Shana and I have been coming up with ways to add different layers to our show. And, you know, while we talk a lot about relationships, we usually talk a lot about the love and the positivity in relationships and, um, you know, the fun parts, if you will, dating and, and, and stuff like that. And so we kind of want to talk about some other aspects that are prevalent for so many people in our community. And, um, you know, with an array of skill sets that we have on our show today, we're hoping that we can have a really fun, interesting, hopefully helpful for someone conversation. So, I guess I'll start with the first question. Um, and you know, this is in no no particular order you can jump in wherever. Um, share definition of emotional and verbal abuse?
4: I could jump in uh, <laughs> okay. So I think first, I'll define abuse. Um, so that's basically the understanding of. Uh, one partner in the relationship attempting to have like power and control over the other partner. That's like a very general understanding of it, um, especially since a lot of survivors mentioned still feeling like they have power. Um, and so that's like the understanding of abuse. And so verbal and emotional abuse would be using those tactics um, to maintain a certain level of power or manip- like manipulation, right? Because again, it's like the attempt to do it, it may not actually work, right, like, going, like, going through your phone could be the intersection of emotional and technological abuse, but that, it might not necessarily get control over somebody, but that could be, like, the outcome, it might be the unintended outcome, so it still could be considered, like, abusive behavior.
3: Yeah, and just to add on to that, um, I would definitely say it's the salient piece of that is persistent. There is a persistent pattern of psychological manipulation um, both uh, in terms of just like verbal or even like what Sarah said, control, um, putting down, undermining someone's beliefs, you know, undermining someone's ability to um, make their own decisions, to think for themselves, um, putting down their self-esteem. I mean, it just kind of encompasses so much. Um, emotional would be more so just that manipulative piece. And then the uh, verbal abuse would be just the name calling, the put downs um, and the verbal aggression.
0: I mean you guys pretty much defined it um accurately i mean the definition of abuse and and emotional and verbal is the tactics in which you use to gain control or attempt to gain control um yeah
4: and there's also like no cookie cutter way that abuse looks so like what someone else might define as abusive may not also be seen as something that could be abusive in someone else's relationship um i'm specifically thinking about like what might be certain people's kinks um right and so when we're thinking about well i wouldn't call it a kink but like for example um i used to joke around with my boyfriend and i'll be like oh my god you're so ugly but i'll be saying it in the moments that he looks so good so like between us we understood that that was my like Ooh, you looking a little too fine right now. But like to somebody else, and like I think I shared it with a friend, and they were like, "Isn't that abusive?" And I'm like, "No, but it could be, right?" Like for someone else, that would definitely be considered some abusive behavior. But between us, it was like a cute, playful banter that we always understood what was actually being said. Um, So that's like just something else to keep in mind. Like when people think about it, it's
1: like there's no right way for it to look. Yeah. yeah, and that's like for you. You, you're with you and your boyfriend. You were giving, you know, you both gave each other permission for mm-hmm. that. Like this is something that you know was established between you two. Yeah, he can't call me ugly though. <laughs> right? like, you know, like, for both of
4: us to <laughs> understand the <laughs> other way, mm-hmm. I'm a little too uh, sometimes not as secure for that to be a joke. But, uh, you know, the opposite But exactly, it's all about communication and understanding where the boundaries lie. <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how someone how it makes someone feel and Mm -hmm. the intention behind it like your intention is not to make Mm -hmm. you feel self-conscious like it's a joke but if someone is doing it to intentionally make someone feel Mm -hmm. like oh I have to be with this person because they're the only one that can validate or you know just the intention to hold control I think that's a very important part of abuse any form of it
3: yeah, I think I mean, something I always want to highlight is the the impact on the individual who's ex- who's there on the receiving end of the abuse. And not to say that two people can't abuse each other at the same time, like two people in a relationship can't engage in that, because they can, right? You can be engaging in more control tactics like, or even um, cyber monitoring, right? Checking your partner's, you know, passwords and their messages and things like that because you don't trust them, right? Women engage in emotional abuse as well. That is also a tactic, um, cyber monitoring. It's a, it's a tactic of control, right? So um, you have to really think about
2: Huh? Going to get to the phone here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also that's also emotional abuse,
3: um, and we don't think about it that way. But like we've all at some point engaged in some form of emotional abuse without even considering it, right? Um, yeah. Teasing someone and putting them down, and and they don't like the name that you call them, but you're saying, oh, you know, just stop being so sensitive. That's then gaslighting them, right? So you've done you've committed multiple infractions, mm-hmm. right? You're you're engaging and treating uh, someone in a way that they do not. Um, that that negatively impacts them and their well-being, you know, in totality. So I think it's really thinking about that piece and just the negative impact that it has on the person receiving it. That's the, that's the piece you really want to look for.
2: That's so fascinating that you brought the gaslighting into it because... You know, I feel like gaslight is a new, you know, buzzword, if we will. We've been hearing that a lot since the Trump admin. You know, I feel yeah. like I, I, in college, niggas was not talking about gaslighting when we were at Syracuse. Um, <coughs> mm-hmm. Excuse me. But yeah, so that's, that's a uh, word that a lot of people are just learning while you, it's easy, it's an easy concept to understand what it is. Um, I guess I'll give a definition. Gaslighting is when you, use some sort of tactic to downplay a person's response to your action is that is that like a good thing to say? so I
3: would give it, so this this is the definition I try to remember because I, I see so many but gaslighting is really um essentially it's a psychological tactic that is used to undermine someone's reality so essentially, you are making them question their reality, and it can look like this, right? You're in a fight with your partner. You guys say some things to each other, and then you leave. The next day, you're you're in the middle of a you know apologizing or talking about it, and then you're like, yeah. And then when you said, and they're like, I didn't say that, and like, yes, you did say that. You said that, and like, no, no, I didn't. You're crazy. Blah, blah blah. You're making it up. You're you're you know you just conjured that up. You're essentially making someone question, like, "Am I going crazy?" Say that, yeah. Did I, did, like, am I? Did I not hear that? Did I not hear you treat me this way? So it's like you could think about the negative effects when that's happening every single day. Yeah. Right. If someone is in a relationship in which their reality, their thoughts, their what they hear, what they're seeing, how they're being treated is being questioned and invalidated every single day, that's very uh, debilitating and
2: yeah. detrimental. I brought I brought that up to say that um, earlier in the in the panty, you know, a friend, you know, everyone's been going through these like moments of workout moments of not working out. I had been trying to get a friend to join a workout class with me. This is just like a homegirl. I'm trying to get her to join the workout class. I'm, you know giving her multitude of reasons why I feel like this would be a good fit for her. It's free. It's, you know, along with your work schedule, whatever, whatever. And she's just like telling me, no, like not really giving me a reason, but just like being like, no, nah, I'm good. Like it's fine. I don't want to do it. And then finally I said something like what you don't support black business. And in my mind, I'm just, like, saying anything. I'm saying anything because it's like, why are you not trying to take this class, girl? Like, it's not that deep. It's free. You know, like, it's my home, my, my friends that are doing it. Like, why are you not trying to support my homegirls? I don't understand what's going on. And she was like, you're gaslighting me. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And when you, when someone says that to you, you're like, No, no, I'm not. Like, of course I wouldn't be doing that because that's something mean. I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm not trying to be, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to psychologically attack you, you know, and that's what you're telling yourself as a defense. But I really had to take a minute and look and say... I absolutely was gaslighting her because I know full well and good that she supports black business, that she's like a huge advocate for black business. I'm purposely using this as something to get her to question why she's not taking this workout class. And that's ridiculous. That's totally not right to do. And I had to check myself and check my own actions because- why was that? Why was that an angle that I wanted to take? You know what I mean. I had to really like look back at that situation and say, "This is not a behavior that I should continue to do." If someone doesn't want to do something, that's the end of it. <laughs> well, I
3: mean, the thing is that at least you're emotionally aware enough to want to engage in that practice. Not everyone is emotionally connected to themselves to do that. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. That's the um, truth. Like when you said, like to bring it back to definition, and I mentioned, you can definitely there can be two people in a relationship both committing abuse. Like it can happen interchangeably, um, and that's what kind of makes it hard because we assume. I think society assumes that in domestic violence,
1: there's always one, right? Intimate
0: mm-hmm. partner violence, correct? Me, <clears throat> that there's that's crazy. Person, there's one person who's constantly being abused when it could be both just
1: toxic mm-hmm.
0: behaviors back mm-hmm. and forth and not and i like to use toxic but just learn behaviors that are not healthy i feel like that's mm-hmm. a better way to be rather than say toxic like
3: right you know,
0: unhealthy learned behaviors
3: a lot of a lot of celebrities we see especially like you know and we see like shade room and stuff posting this stuff and like I'm thinking about the women who publicly embarrass their partners, or the men who publicly embarrass their partners,
1: um, and that you know that I'm, I'm actually glad that, that you emotionally
3: that. abused. That yeah.
1: Emotional
0: abuse. Yeah, and I'm
1: glad that you brought that up because that's actually our next topic: um, pop culture's influence on dating and how you know the popularity of toxic traits have just grown. I mean, like you said, on the shade room. On social me- in social media, we see a lot of you know these you know, bad behaviors being publicized, and also you know like Romantic. for for entertainment, like we're laughing at it. We're but the reality is, it's almost like now we're you know laugh laugh at my pain type shit, right? Like everyone's doing that now, and it's like you know let's get. I, I want to I want us to discuss more about that. Like, what are your thoughts on this, and like how we can. I don't know move like how can I, I don't even know if we can move away from it honestly because it's just the world is too big and like it's just too many too many of us here like you know and like you said not everyone's emotionally aware but I still want to like you know just address this normalization of like watching
0: people being hurt watching other people yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. Totally in relationships
4: that was coming up for me just a second ago like because i th- I think when we when we say that like two people can be abusive in a relationship is like a not it's not a debate that's necessarily happening right now within the circle, but it's definitely like understanding the concepts because if if we can say that, then how is like someone supposed to know that they're supposed that they're surviving um oftentimes because their reactions and responses could be seen as toxic or unhealthy or abusive when, again, it's a response. It might be even a survival tactic. Um, So just the concept that I also want to just place into the space is uh, a high conflict relationship. And so usually a high conflict relationship is what we would consider two people being abusive, right? So there isn't that that necessary um, imbalance of power, but that like both people are actively harming the other one and again um Beverly mentioned it earlier around like impact because and Tiffany was just bringing it up um where it's just like sometimes we're emulating behavior like maybe our intention actually isn't to control the person it's just all we know Mm -hmm. right I know that I'm supposed to be checking somebody's phone and like you were saying with um pop culture right now you see all the memes around, like, oh, I want my my partner to be crazy, but when she's coming out to with a knife, you're not asking for that no more, right? So it's, like, being, like, very intentional around, like, our understandings around a lot of that, and I think I'm gonna call it dangerous because it definitely irks the shit out of me is, like, the skits of couples who are, who are fighting or, like, when they're, you know, so it's not an actual, <laughs> well, to so my knowledge, is not an actual abusive situation, but they're putting on those specific skits. Yeah. Um, there's a specific like light-skinned couple that like are always like yelling in each other's face. And I don't know who they are. I don't really know their name, but they probably- I know who you're talking about. <laughs> they're
1: very <laughs> it's a very abrasive relationship. Mm-hmm. Like both of them are equally angry and yeah. And you can tell eventually that it's
4: whatever likes and viral and sharing or whatever um, and I think the biggest issue is that we're forcing people to consume this media without having like a balance of it I think one of the biggest things we could do, one our podcast like this but also just like I always think for example with Love and Hip Hop that used to be a guilty pleasure of mine um, I'm like after each episode though, there needs to be like a 30 minute debrief or recap that it was on VH1. I don't know if that's the link. I watch everything streaming or whatever now, right? So it was like, it was on VH1. And I'm like, VH1 needs to actively also have a show that talks about what people just consumed because we're just like throwing these behaviors at people. Stevie J was mad abusive. Um, and he even did like a a dog training trick on Jocelyn when he would like tap her on her on her nose, and I'm just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And we're not gonna Death talk fighting. about this afterwards.
2: Are you serious? Fighting Mimi a lot with his behavior about how Absolutely. He was Jocelyn and just making Mimi feel like he was she was going crazy.
1: Right. That was mm-hmm. during a time when my love and hip hop consumption was Hi. consistent. <laughs> like I remember that time for sure. Mm-hmm
4: wow in the height of my work too so I'm like I felt like I was going crazy I'm like is no one else seeing this right like how are we not actively I actually had to take a step back from work because I was doing like 45 minute workshops and I'm like I reach maybe five out of the 25 students I'm doing this 45 minute workshop with and this episode in 45 minutes is or like reaching millions of people on a consistent basis and I was like this is just too much I can't I can't do this right now
3: like I literally had to take a step back Sarah I thank you so much for saying that piece because honestly I feel like You're not crazy that everyone, I feel like everyone who understands the plight of emotional, verbal abuse, who understands toxicity and like, you know what I mean, trauma and all that and how it works knows what's happening we're seeing it play out in national television but the thing is we know that society breeds and feeds off of suffering other people's suffering other people's demise um they monetize off of it they want to make money off of it that's why you know Dr. Phil is a millionaire um and fun fact he no longer has a um I I don't believe he has a licensure anymore because I'm pretty sure The, yeah, he, I mean, you'll always, you always have a a doctoral degree once you take a, um, a, go through a doctoral program, you you get your degree and everything. No one can take your way to doctorate. But I don't believe he's licensed. He's he's able to be a licensed clinician because that is against our ethical code. He has broken so many ethical violations for the, you know, in terms of APA and being a psychologist. So I just like, you, people make money off of that. And so essentially like. I agree with Sarah. I feel like we need to have more programming that is targeting more of the healing, that's targeting more of the positive relationships. These are pro-social things you can do. These are, you know, um, healthy relationship patterns that you should be looking for. If you start to record your partner, yes, then you're most likely being gaslit. You're most likely in an emotionally abusive relationship when you feel like you have to start prying on people. Um, that these are signs, you know what I mean, that we need to be talking about, like, you should have no reason to want to go on social media and type out three pages about your partner, there should be no reason you feel you need to do that, and if you do, there's obviously, there's psychological distress, you've obviously been either experiencing and also engaging in that abusive behavior, and there needs to be some healing. Mm.
1: And that's crazy you say that because all the time Sydney and I talk about, you know, when we see certain behaviors online or certain stories that are told, like pages of, you know, a personal account or just like seeing it as someone who's looking for attention or something like that. But the reality is it could be much more deeper, psychological, Mm -hmm. like you said. Mm -hmm.
0: Like, I feel like social, like you said, social media doesn't do... I mean, you have those pages out there that try to reinforce positive relationships and um, healthy relationships. But then there's that, like, I always think of that meme, how I sleep when I'm single. And it's like, you can sleep like that when you're in a relationship, too. That should be a goal, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't need to. You can have a very healthy relationship that doesn't call for you to to be all the way tuned in i feel like that those are signs when you need to be that like give me your password and where you going who you like you should be able to be at peace and still have a partner like mm-hmm. but oh my that's god that's not that's not put out there as much mm-hmm.
3: that's weird i to- i totally agree tiffany i i thought of a quote just now it's by rupee cord do you know that poet rupee cord she wrote milk and honey And like um, the sun and her flowers, but she has a, um, a poem and it's like, loneliness is a sign that you're in desperate need of yourself. And like, I think about this, especially with survivors of abuse, because there is that sometimes there's codependence based on, you know, having all your reactions, like Sarah said, right? She's talking about high conflict relationships, talking about codependence, like having all of your reactions based on your partner's actions everything you do is in you know relation to your partner and so like you can't do anything on your own there isn't that differentiation of self like you don't have your own self separate from your partner and so it's like I, rem- I remind myself of that like when you are feeling lonely and like that urge most times people seek for that codependent and that is a trauma response that is you know a response of being in abusive relationships toxic relationships you want to pull for the other person versus pulling into yourself
0: and I feel like Sarah, we we like recently had this crazy conversation in the middle of New York City. Some we were outside the social distance and we talked about codependency and how Sarah, you talk more about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, you probably
4: read more of the book than I did, but I don't so basically there's a book that was um introduced to me called Codependent No More. It's actually pretty old. It's like just had it's like 30th anniversary or something like that. Um and it does talk a lot about being in partnership with someone who is um like chemically de- dependent because the concept of codependency came out of working with the partners of the people who were um chemically dependent. Mm-hmm. Words that we are not using for like alcoholics and drug addicts, just yeah. fyi for people to be like, what the heck is that? Um And so I started reading it. And so even though I work in healthy relationships and intimate partner violence, I'm not exempt from being codependent. And, you know, and, like, I was reading it. I'm like, holy shit, I be doing that. Like, you know, I don't think I'm controlling, but I openly talk about loving to control, like, situations. Like, I love to be, quote, unquote, like, in control. And really that's a response to like feeling like I don't have control over like myself or like my own like situation. And so even when I spend like so much time thinking about how I'm going to talk to someone,
2: it isn't always
4: to have them feel heard and supported. It's because I want like a certain response. And right. So it's like I'm planning this out because I want this to be the outcome. And then when the outcome isn't what I want, I don't know what to do with myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's definitely like an unhealthy behavior, but it's not something that I was like super aware of. Um, and so, yes, this book codependent No More. Um, I was reading it and then we were talking, Tiffany and I were talking about it this summer and then she ordered that, she was like, what's that book you was talking about again um and so I'm not that far into it but everyone that I've recommended it to and yes I've been reading it off and on for months um has been having like really great experiences with it um just because it just helps you personally recognize how you're interacting not only with your partners but like your parents your children your friends your siblings um because all of us can at some point, like we all develop codependent behaviors um, with people in
3: our lives. So that's a full circle there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like in terms of just um, just to add to that piece for the codependence, um, in psychology, there's this uh, theory of attachment and essentially it talks about you know, what are some of the underlying things to that codependency, and a lot of that can stem from your insecure uh, attachments with your parents and your family um, system, and so, like, you know, if you had ruptured relationships, like, you weren't, given that um, you your needs were met in the way that they were supposed to be met or your parent neglected you emotionally, or there was, you know, an anxious um, ambivalence to your, your you know, connection in childhood, you can oftentimes transfer and project those feelings into your romantic relationships as well. So oftentimes we, we bring in attachment patterns from how we were raised and our, our relationships with our parents. And we project them in our own romantic relationships.
2: It's so fascinating how multifaceted and multilayered like your brain is and your trauma is and your responses and your learned behavior, all that. It's like so much stuff to kind of like fuck you up in life, like <laughs> a lot of like things coming at you, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Roughly> <laughs> a lot of things coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Really, um, okay, so I did want to, we want to also talk about um, red flags. Um, I feel like I bypass red flags all the time. I'm sure p- plenty of people do that. Do you guys have any red flags that come to mind to be on the lookout in dating and friendships? Whatever. I feel
0: like, like the get the, the most, or the one that's talked about the most in uh, abuse is isolation. So it's like that, that small, cause it happens very, happens in little actions. It's not like a big pull you away from people. It's like, uh, you're going to go hang out with them again. Like you, you don't, it's like sound, it makes you feel, it makes you feel like you're so much better than them. Why do you want to hang out with them? Why do you want to be around those people? Like be conscious of someone who's, or I don't know if I should say that. It's a blanket statement. I would say, for my personal experience and my my personal opinion, be conscious of people who want to remove you from everything that you already had before you met them. Like yes. we yes. all, yes, we yes, have, we all have those those things that we you know that friend that maybe you should back away from a little bit. But <laughs> yes. that's a, that should be a choice, not something that you feel like if you don't do it, you'll lose that other person.
2: Yes. And.
0: It's okay if you do lose them. So that's, mm-hmm. that's like a red flag to me is isolation. Like pulling you mm-hmm. away from things you already have established. Relationships you already have established.
3: Mm-hmm. I I love that. I love that one. I would say another one is like um, look out for people who rely on you for their happiness and their life satisfaction. Um, that is someone like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that is someone that essentially is not connected within um, with their, with themselves and their own needs, and maybe they're seeking out, seeking out uh, to meet their needs externally versus um, with themselves.
4: Um, for me, I think the biggest or one of the biggest red flags is your like internal marker, which a lot of people who have experienced trauma like may not always have it or maybe like really low for you to hear. But I think for me personally, um my biggest I shouldn't be in this situation, whether it's an abusive um whether someone's exhibiting abusive tactics or not, it's like when I no longer feel powerful in this space. Right. Mm-hmm. So like this and I think it's so interesting, like, so many of us who, quote, unquote, like, do the work, we know a lot of things, and we try to be, like, super accommodating, and I've said this many times that I've understood my way into a space where I wasn't powerful, right? Because you're like, oh, I understand, oh, I understand trauma, oh, I understand that this person has gone through so much, I understand, right? And so it's like, you're you're also, like, holding space, and then eventually you're like, whoa, when did I give up my power? Yeah. Um so, and, you know, a lot of people are so willing to take it. That's, like, the other piece, right? So I think that goes along with what Beverly was also just saying. So, like, someone who's so willing to just take um, and isn't necessarily replenishing, like, doesn't concern isn't concerned about replenishing
3: you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, inter- internal state, like, do you feel safe setting boundaries with this person do you feel safe saying no do you you know what i mean like is this person like for instance in terms of dating especially now with us millennials like the first conversation is this person already criticizing you criticizing like oh you know and men will do this a lot like oh you know what's your type or my type is you know i need a woman with a big booty or and like the first conversation like okay like so you want to send me a picture? What do you, what do you look like in that? Da, 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 da. And yeah. I'm just like, okay, all right, cool. Like everyone's different, of course, but you want to make sure that no one is putting you down um, and criticizing you off of that um, because that is also a red flag, but that's what essentially you're going to get in that relationship, someone yeah. that feels very... comfortable
2: saying your type is a type that is not me like what are you what what message are you essentially essentially right and they're and abusers will typically
3: look for it to prey on people that will be like oh you know that will internalize that messaging and that you know what i mean and so it's easier to keep you around like oh now i know you're someone i can continue to put down and you'll stay you're not going anywhere and that's like you know that that's a pretty big red flag like do you feel safe to just be like I don't like I don't like you saying that to me. Don't talk to me that way. Don't speak to me like that. And if you can't say that, yeah, keep it moving.
4: Keep it moving. And also, just like I think being mindful, because Tiffany brought up earlier that like a lot of this is very slow. Mm-hmm. So being mindful of how they're talk, how they're talking about other people, mm-hmm. because with you, they might be like, "Oh, you're the best. You are my type. Right? I love da 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 da." But like being super mindful about how they're talking about um just other people in general i'm thinking specifically thinking if it's like in a heterosexual relationship how are they talking about other women mm-hmm. right because then that is literally what they're thinking about women internally oh my of, right I have a story on. Like- <laughs> have
1: a story i recently had <laughs> i had to i had to
3: drop somebody because this dude sent me a meme. We were talking, I was I set a boundary with him and I was like, "Yeah, I'm okay, you know, something like that." And then he sent me a meme like he sent me this paragraph and this meme was, "You know the little boy, um, the one with the little coffee mug?" Yes. "The little boy with the coffee mug." He sent me a meme with him holding a sign that said, "Text back quicker, um, the B word. Um, I'm trying to love you." "Text back quicker, B word. I'm trying to love you." In this meme, and I was like, huh, with the words spelled out and everything, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> "Did you just call me?"
1: <laughs> right. This felt like a personal Wait, attack.
3: This felt like a personal attack. Like yeah. <laughs> I was like, first of all, that's really aggressive. Like I don't appreciate that. I know you're trying to be funny. I'm assu- I'm gonna assume the best of you. Are you trying to be funny with that? You thought it was cute. Like, haha. Uh-huh, but like. You are not my girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you cannot be calling me out of my name. <laughs> like, what? And I had to. Be, I, was, I was like, I'm okay. We shouldn't go further.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and Keep that, moving. That's that like another. I mean, it's just the. I feel like that meme just basically wraps up like this whole conversation that we're having, like about the fact that it's like something. Negative wrapped up in something like I want to love you. Like, come on, you know what I mean. Like, what am I? which just so. And if love <laughs> is
3: cursed, calling me out my name. No. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. love does not have to be crazy to mean it's crazy. Like, no, That's, it, that's exactly
4: the other part exactly. Go ahead,
0: if That's okay. No, it's just like, you know, that's part of, like you mentioned before about like, you want a girl that's crazy until she's about to stab you or until like, you know, it, it, things get that way or it could, because we're talking about emotional and verbal abuse. And it's like, it's all cute when we at home talking like this until you embarrass me in the street or until you, you say this in front of. Like it's okay when we're in the house but then you say it's in front of my friends and i'm like oh snap and my friends are looking at me like so this is how you let him talk to you mm-hmm. this is how you know so yeah know. he thought about mm-hmm. that he thought he was gonna get with that mean
3: but he thought he was gonna get away with it and he sent me his two pair long paragraphs i knew i was like sir oh, you got <laughs> her. we have never even met before we have oh, never God. even met before I'm like, you are emotionally unstable. Yes. I'm protecting my peace. Yes. I, <laughs> I-,
4: <laughs> I also say, what popped up with the let me like let me love you or why won't you let me love? You? I don't know if anyone is a Grey's Anatomy fan. Oh
0: my god. I'm like getting back into Grey's. I'm not like be- left. I never left.
4: <laughs> okay. Except because what? Christina Yang is my like everything. I love of her. her. And I definitely like I eventually want to do like a whole thing about Yang because they did her so dirty in that show. Okay,
1: don't they, tell me, don't say, don't say. Don't <laughs> oh wait,
4: no, no, okay. Well, I'll keep it overall then. So okay. in both of her partnerships, um, each man said, Why won't you let me love you? Yeah. Like basically we're like, Why are you so difficult? Why won't you let me love you? And you know, again, I love this show, but they really need to have me on as, like, an editor or something, because oh. I'm
1: like, this is not
4: at okay. all. <laughs> oh. And the thing is, like, she actively says, this is who I am. am. Right? I don't need to I change. Am. I don't want to change. And I don't want it. I don't need to, and I don't want to and they kept saying I'm trying to love you but you won't let me and it's like no you're just not listening she's mm-hmm. saying this is how you're supposed to love me and if you can't do that then you need to bounce and
0: it's yeah, um, obvious, obviously you, bounce, you always
4: want to come back and try to do too much it's not um, working and both of them actively said you're going to change your mind mm. like how you tell this woman what? to her face mm-hmm. like anyways it shit pisses me off but again just like what we consume and we're like oh wow <laughs> that's so romantic, so, romantic. So, so passionate as tiffany just said we're just like no that shit is disrespectful yeah. you are con- we're allowed to curse up in here right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just did a lot but <laughs> he continually says like this is who i am again and like they're not listening and the fact that they had her go through that type of relationship twice. I'm like, damn, we can do, we can do a little better. So toxic.
2: It is. it
4: really That warren though is better. Let's talk about that.
0: You're right though, like be it listening to someone and I don't know, that's just that I think that's just so important like I am who I am. It's not about let me love you meaning, oh, let me do what I want. To do to you and accept Mm -hmm. it like no 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 ma'am no sir because i wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure that we say like this happens like male or female because it could definitely be the female inflicting this for Mm -hmm. society purposes i know we know that here but i don't think everybody um in the world kind of sees it that way that this could definitely be a woman inflicting this type of abuse on a man yeah or in you know Lesbian relationships, like it happens mm-hmm. everywhere.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regardless of race, gender, mm-hmm. class, like everyone absolutely. can experience um abusive relationships.
3: And you know, a lot of times like emotional abuse is more insidious than like physical abuse. I don't want to compare, but I would I I would absolutely say like, you know, emotional like It is so damaging because it can it can really stay with you for years. And like if you don't really unpack what happened to you, it's almost like being in a haze like you just came out of war and it's hazy. And you're not exactly sure, like, what was happening in, in that war zone. But a lot was going on. Like, your reality was tested 24-7. Like, you might have been, you know what I'm saying? Like, you come out of there, you, you had high self-esteem. Now you don't even, you're thinking to yourself, nobody's going to want me. I, You know, I'm not worth it. Or questioning your, you know, yourself and your abilities. Like, I mean, there's so much that goes on um, in, in that space. And so it's, like, really understanding that... Um, it's important to tell people when your partner is making you feel a way that is like uncomfortable because one of the one of the biggest issues is that those blind spots that we have when we stay in those situations and then it continues to happen and no one is checking us right no one's holding up a mirror saying like hey that's not normal for a lot of women and men it takes like the first time sharing with someone and then they're like oh that's abuse a lot of people who go to therapy for abuse don't even know they've been in an abusive relationship until midway through therapy and they're like wow i was in a very abusive relationship i had no idea i thought we were normal Mm-hmm. I thought this is how you know a healthy relationship was. I was I was being quiet to keep the peace. No, you were walking on eggshells because you were afraid of your partner. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, and not afraid right. that it was gonna. And I think that's important too. It's not afraid that it was gonna result in abuse because and physical abuse because it could definitely be. I'm afraid that if I do speak up, you're going to take something away from me. You're going to take your love away because right. although, you, although you are doing things that um other people may see it as abusive, like, you're still loving me, you're still, you know, when you're not doing these other things, or even while you're doing these emotionally and verbally abusive things, you're still coming back and saying you love me, and making me feel <laughs> wanted, so, mm-hmm. I mean. And
4: even, um, just thinking about what it's like in community, right, so, like, in black and brown community, in queer community, like, those spaces are small, as big as it is it still can be very small and so if you're already like dating someone that shares the same friends with you um maybe y'all are, like even activists together so your circle is even more small and it's like what belly's saying about keeping the peace you don't know who's gonna choose who you don't know like again boat. that person yeah. might be like what were you saying today? you don't want to rock the boat because you don't want your whole friend your whole ecosystem world. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe it's like some faith based space. Right. And it's like, okay, we go to the same church or we go to the same mosque. If I tell somebody like what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's so much more than just the relationship because mm-hmm. when you are in a, in an intimate relationship, worlds collide, but also you might be in that relationship because y'all were already a part of the same world. And then it's the person who has to leave that ends up having to give up way more than the the person who is inflicting the harm. And usually people in the community do see it. We just don't know how to hold abusive behavior accountable.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The whole, like, I struggle with the silent victim. I, unfortunately, my neighbor that lives below me, Is in an abusive relationship with her partner of like many years you know I've I've lived in this space with her for like seven years and it's you know there's been instances throughout that entire time span that there's been like things going on in their apartment and uh, you know for me as just like a neighbor you know I don't know this woman like I know her you know we live in the same home but like I don't know her you know and it's like at what point do you you know like it's it's only been recently that I've actually had to talk I've talked to her because it's like I couldn't I just wasn't comfortable in my home and that was making me be like I have to say something because now like it's really I mean it had always made me feel some type of way but it's like this is really troubling to me like I need to say something to her let her know that I'm here for her you know do whatever I can and so yeah but I've, I I agree with to your point about you know people seeing things going on and not knowing at what point do I mind my business and at what point do I step in and get in your business because you pulled me into your business with your bullshit like
4: and it's cool. also like the lack of community resources right because like not everybody most people actually aren't trying to call the cops but that's the only thing we have right quote unquote thing we have that we're told oh call 911 because even as the neighbor i mean i don't know the race or gender of the relationship of your neighbor i just like she's a woman but like calling the cops may not be a solution right mm-hmm. like, i know someone mm-hmm. who was in an abusive relationship a brown couple um it was a cis woman and a trans man and their neighbors called um the cops but now, again, this is someone who's, like, why are you calling the cops on my trans partner?
1: Yeah. Right?
4: Like, now it's, like, I don't even have time to be a survivor or a victim in that moment because now I have to be a savior um, yeah. because you just put both of us in danger. So, like, wow. we also lack, and that's what I meant by, like, the community resources because if I don't want to call the cops, who exactly am I supposed to okay. call? It's
0: so crazy <laughs> because how do you – like I think about like I'm a social worker. I am I'm rooted in helping people. Like that's what social work mm-hmm. issues cuz I have issues. You're with macro. But that, I have issues with my profession. Yes, I do. Yeah. However, we're rooted in helping people who we feel cannot help themselves. And it's like when you when it comes to um domestic violence and things like that, it's like Sometimes helping causes more problems it's sometimes a really scary situation where it could you know result in someone dying so I'm always like in my I always struggle because I'm like what do you do in those situations in my personal experience with friends who I see signs I always try to make sure that I'm just like the non-judgmental person It just no matter what like that's been like a rule of thumb with me for years with my friends it's like if that's what you want, girl, I'm here for you. I, I got my opinions, regardless of that. I'm gonna be here when he here. I'm gonna be here when he not here. So, but I always think, and I don't know if Sarah or Beverly have like an a real solution. But like, what do you do when you know? Or a real suggestion? Mm-hmm. What do you do when you know someone is in something that is top? Is just not a good situation.
3: I mean, I would definitely say like the non judgment is key um, because they're already being judged in their relationship. And so for you to be a secure base for them, for you to be a secure person for them to turn to, you can't act like they're an abuser, right? So we, and, and we, I'm not I'm not even exempt from this from when I was younger because I'd be like why aren't you leaving like why are you choosing this like why don't like you know what I'm saying like we're all telling you how badly he treats you like why don't you want to leave like I don't get it and you just so you care about your friends so much you want them to leave so bad but we are judging them that is judgment yeah. right and judgment hurts and it's harmful and so now when she is you know, feeling like, okay, I want to turn to somebody, she can't turn to you, because she's like, she's
2: tired of hearing me, you know what I mean, like, she already, shows that you're upset you're like yeah still going through the situation i had to check myself you know i had to check myself too now that i see (laughs) i just see some things from my past and i'm just like wow like you i've done it i've been i've been the concerned friend i've been the concerned friend
0: like about your situation
2: that was my whole thing
3: but yeah sorry i i know tibby was gonna say but yeah i i just think about that piece too like Just basically letting your friend know, letting that person know that you are there for them when they decide they want to reach out to you, they should, and that you are there for them, period. Like, you love them, you encourage them, you send them, I just, you know, send my friend resources, like, here you go, it's here for you, here are the resources, here's what you need, here are the signs, like, information, psychoeducation, like, I'm here for you, whatever, when you are ready. And so it's like, they know you're there. And when they're ready, because a lot of times it takes a long time. It takes a long time.
2: Yeah. And that's, I guess that's kind of my, I'm glad to hear that. Cause it's like, I guess that's what I'm doing with my neighbor. Like I, I let her know, you know, that I'm here for her basically. And I was just like, listen, like, it's definitely crazy, but you are a great person. Like, you know, you deserve better. In so much word, in so many words, but m- majorly, you know, I'm just I'm here as a safe space or whatever. Like, if you need to get out of the apartment, like whatever the case is, you know, mm-hmm. it's but yeah, it's and definitely like checking in to see what your capability
4: is, right? So like knowing your limitations as someone who wants to support, also because like you can be like you could call me any day or night, and then they call you at night and you're not answering the phone, you just let somebody down, right? So like also being really mindful of what your capabilities are in helping uh someone. Um and obviously the like if when you know better you do better since we've all literally just said we've been a friend who was like, you dumb, why you doing that? <laughs> <And they're> like <laughs> def- I like, <laughs> think, oh, it's the harsh, harsh love situation. Mm-hmm. Um speaking of which, and I uh, hope I don't get no hate for this. Ayana, Ayana, Ayanna very Oh my God. Can you tell me what the um her credentials are, Beverly? Cause since you I, grew up in it, just because I just also feel like that's something else. You don't know, right? I've been t i have been don't look it, but I don't know if it really exists. Because that's something else that I feel like we also do is like, oh, you gotta do that harsh love piece, right? Mm-hmm. Actually that is can be way more wow. um,
3: mm-hmm.
4: like one of the things I'm gonna just do a quick little rant on her and then get back to what I was saying but <laughs> like I had to be like I could never watch this person again um when there was like she she was talking to a grown woman at the time but the situation they were talking about the girl was like 15 and mm-hmm. talked about having sex air quotes for since this is going to not be video right <laughs> having sex with her sister's partner her older sister's partner
0: mm-hmm.
3: right no she was she was sexually assaulted and molested because she's a minor
4: that is no no but no so no, so, no so no the but this is the part so the the girl the the person like you said that was assaulted said specifically I had sex with my sister's boyfriend, mm-hmm. right? Ayala's mm-hmm. Iyan, response was, oh, so you was hoeing? Ah! Yes, yes, yes. When you I, put that, <laughs> I was like, yo, know, I honestly maybe This
1: is the infamous I am la fix my life, lady. Yeah, really I was know. gonna say maybe you could just a
4: that, that? video clip of everybody's surprise. <laughs> She's like, oh, so you was hoeing. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You just told someone who was 15 and this was an older man that she was hoeing. Are you she was and was this- preyed upon? Yes. Exactly. But the thing is this is it's this a teen like you are popular this is popular, and this is not getting flagged. This is not a content warning situation, right? No one's like, actually, this is this was not real, right? So it's like we are also getting these um messages from these like self-declared self-help gurus um and especially like nowadays, it's so much easier to have that platform and have that like influence and so one do not do anything like that if you are trying to help somebody
3: <laughs> right <laughs> radical <laughs> radical love yes. like, that, that is not it that is that's not it. the one that's not, the not one. that's what i'm
4: saying don't don't take any markers from this person um or dr phil like you mentioned like these are this is actually just these like are
3: people pre- preying on people suffering yeah exactly. Yeah. And
4: that's why, and again, like you said, we watch it. It's like, it's trauma porn. Mm-hmm. Right? It is. So I don't know if we should put porn next to trauma, but that's what. But it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's addictive to watch. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: it. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly.
4: And so checking that, um, if you don't have the resources or ability, finding someone who does could be super helpful in that situation. And also just like as friends, I would say checking other friends, Right. So, like, making sure that because, again, we all now have these resources, but I promise you not everyone in our circle has these resources. So they're also there. They also can be causing harm. So I had, like, um, another friend who was in an abusive relationship. I wasn't there for the specific incidents that happened. um, But my other friends were. And so when we were in the car, they were all like kind of joking about it. And I'm like, wait, what did I miss? Yeah. And, you know, so I'm trying to, like, talk to them. But I'm also still, like, in the beginning of my work. So I'm like, I don't, I'm not trying to, like, also piss them off. But I'm like, uh, that's just, like, not cool, blah, blah, blah. So now I eventually, like, I think Beverly was saying. I think like, I just ended up texting my friend. It was a drunk text. Because I was just like, hey, you haven't told me anything about, your life but I know that this is happening when you are ready let me know
1: mm-hmm.
4: and they were like thank you right and they never actually called upon me for it they eventually was able to um leave on their own um I've had friends be like this is the work you do can you talk to my partner mm, the person let's talk that, about that one that's doing the harm and I was like mm, no my work." I was like I haven't done work with people who cause harm so I don't know if I'm the most skilled at that conversation um I also don't think that it's going to be helpful because if he isn't um seeking to change the behavior um it's what I say isn't going to be helpful also because I'm your friend right so like they actually need their friends to come and be like yo your behavior is whack." Right. So just like you, everyone over here was saying, like, women can also be abusive. We all, I'm assuming, identify as women. Um, Right. That it's like it's up for us to also talk to other like women. Like, oh, what you did was whack, too. But it's like it's really more helpful to have people a part of their friend circles. Right. Because I've also had or heard of friends being like oh, what they did was wrong. and like, why are you telling that person And You need to go talk to your friend. Like, they know what they did was wrong. Why aren't you telling your friend what they did was wrong?
3: Right.
4: Right? So,
2: that was all of the tidbits of how we can be yeah. helpful and not be helpful. Not be <laughs> mm-hmm. crazy, judgy friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't want to make their life worse. I
1: definitely feel like I'm guilty of sometimes, like, being able to point out when something's wrong like with you know my friend or if i see like certain behaviors where i'm thinking okay this is deeper than i can handle like i can you know obviously i know you need help but it's like i struggle with finding ways to even bring it up when i know like you know they can be a headstrong, a headstrong person like they are very like just adamant and they're like stuck in their ways so I find myself just sort of being there for them but not really saying like yo I think you should you know like I try to ask questions like hey what's up with the you know therapy that you were going to like are you still going and things like that but it's just kind of like it gets uh talked over basically so it's like yeah yeah
3: Well, yeah, it's kind of like what Sarah said. Like, you really have to have internal motivation to want to to want to get help. You can't make anyone, you know what I mean, want to change. Like, they have to want it for themselves. And it's the same thing in like abusive relationships. Like, you can't make them want to leave. Like, they have to at some point, you know what I mean, hit a hit a space where it's like enough. Or unfortunately, sometimes it comes down to safety. I have to leave because he bought a gun, or I have to leave because she out a knife she gonna kill me in the parking lot like you know what i mean like it comes down to safety sometimes but hopefully to not let it get there
4: sounds like you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing um especially if the person isn't allowing you to be more connected um i also think this isn't something i've particularly tried or even like really heard spoken about a lot but i think like speaking um like, life or validity into our friends could be kind of helpful. One, because I, like, I can promise you that if they are aware that things aren't okay, they already feel ashamed, Mm -hmm. right? And so um, I'm thinking about an instance where a young person was, like, interviewing me about the topic um, because she was in an abusive relationship. And so she basically was asking me, like, Or telling me, like, I feel stupid when I don't leave, right? Or when I go back. And that was the first time that anyone had, like, I know that this exists, but the first time anyone had, like, opened up about it. Um, And basically, my response was, like, every day is a new day. Today, you may have chosen to stay for whatever reasons. Tomorrow, you may choose something different. So, like, we can't necessarily beat ourselves up um because we made a decision that we didn't agree with the next day right so that day maybe you have a different choice maybe you don't and that's fine too right so like being able to one because like you were saying about gaslighting but like so take adding to the reality i love the way you defined it which was like undermining people's reality right so like what we want to do is Mm -hmm. validate people's reality validate the real
3: right. right
4: and like your feelings are real but you don't have to hold on to it right so it's like also being able to do that in our in our friendships um could be helpful in the beginnings of when they're starting to talk to people
3: etc i love that speaking life into them yes
2: yes that's a good note to wrap on Mm -hmm. for sure it is
1: it definitely is
2: um. Thank you, guys, so much, lady. Thank
0: you. This is okay. fun.
2: A great combo. And um, it, do you guys want to shout out your social medias? You're totally uh, welcome to do that if you want, or anything you want to shout out. If not, you're good. It's okay.
3: <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah. I, I, you know, you know what it is. It's probably a function of being like working in mental health and like yeah, in like, healthcare yeah, field. We're like
2: me online. <laughs>
3: Yes. I mean, y'all could have it. Yeah. The, rest of
4: y'all, the three of y'all, because Tim already got it, but everybody else no. um, This is good. Sure. Thank, thank
2: you for hosting so the conversation Yeah. Thank you guys for participating and doing the great work you're doing. Shout-out to Sign Me Up Kev. Yes, shout-out,
3: (laughs) shout-out. Look at y'all. I just love that you're trying to just be, like, agents of change in our community. And, like, you know what I mean? Just have these, bring these conversations to light. And like Sarah said, like, people are retaining and taking in so much negative. So, like, I'm excited that we're able to contribute and offer something really positive. And the
4: fact that y'all focus so much on positive, in regards to relationships i'm like oh my god <laughs>
2: that's great <laughs> right, that's good right. yeah, <laughs> <it's> amazing <laughs> that's good yeah oh that's great i'm glad to hear well you know where to find us at sign me Up podcast sign me at podcast at gmail.com i'm at sydney poppins too i'm cheeky bobby and that's another episode of sign me a podcast signing out